Welcome to the Weekly Sprout. You are tuned into episode 70. We have made it towards the end of 2020. We are almost done with this atrocity of a year, but um, you know, one bright spot, at least for me, has been that we've had football, which is nice. We're here today to talk to you about it. So, Casey Durgan, tell the listeners how you doing. Doing good. Doing well. Yeah. It's football is going, and it's going well for the Packers. But so I'm a happy camper. A couple weeks from the playoffs. It's almost over too, which is sad. That's sad. But thankfully for Niners, it's kind of crazy. Luckily for Niners fans, luckily for Niners fans, that's good news. So we don't have to watch any more uh, crap product on the field. But it's a holiday season. I can't be too upset about anything. So. Also, happy holidays to all the listeners at home. Whatever you celebrate, Christmas, Hanukkah, I know it's already over. Kwanzaa, or don't celebrate anything. Thank you all for listening, and happy holidays. Yeah, look out for sure. Durgan's draft coverage, because it seems like it's probably going to get started here sooner rather than later with the Niners <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. missing out on the postseason. Um, and he'll be heavily invested this year, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pay attention. There's, there's some good things to come on that front. Um, as per usual, though, we're going to dive into our winners and losers of the week, and then we're going to take you through some of the games of the week for the next week in NFL action. Uh, let's start on the winners and losers front, though. We'll kick it off to you, Durgan. Give us your winner for the week. Yeah, my loser this week I want to talk about, so I'll hit my winner quickly here. Uh, it's Kansas City Chiefs. Big win against the Saints. Uh, Mahomes is odds-on favorite for MVP, even though I don't think he should have won. He's odds-on favorite. Uh, best player in the league, though. And obviously, they're the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl and repeat. I'm a little concerned about their run game. I know Clyde Edwards-Elair got injured last game. But as long as you have Patrick Mahomes playing at a high level, it doesn't really matter. Their defense can play well in spurts and make them dangerous. Uh, I believe they're, they clinched the top seed with the Steelers losing last night or Monday night to the uh, Bengals. So that's huge for playoffs. In uh, a strange season, that seemed... Every team has had some sort of major COVID issues or injury issues. They've been consistent, and they've been healthy up to this point at least. So at this point, it's tough to say that anybody but the Chiefs are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it'll be an interesting decision, I think, at the end of the year for them. What do they do in Week 17? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you necessarily want to give your guys two whole weeks off before playing. You can sort of lose a little bit of that mojo. Um but I always find those discuss- discussions kind of interesting because if you're hot, I feel like you sort of just got to ride it. And benching players sort of indicates that, you know, we all know some players are more important than others, but it also sends the message to the team like, hey, Patrick Mahomes is more important to not get injured yeah. than the rest of you. And I don't know if I vibe with that completely. You can be a little conservative in, in how you, you go with the game, but um, – It'll be interesting to see what they do and if the Packers end up clinching before Week 17 what they decide to do as far as sitting starters. But Chiefs are good, man. I, I don't know how the Raiders managed to do it, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like anybody else is going to be able to. Uh, well, maybe they'll get a, a stiffer test in the, in the playoffs, though. Well, regarding the Raiders, a broken clock is right twice a day, so they just managed to to pull one out there. But, I, you know, you sound like a coach, Casey, which you are. I think... Everybody on the field in the organization knows that Patrick Mahomes is a little more important than some other players, right? So, sure. I, I mean, it's the same reason why in practice the quarterbacks are wearing those red red jerseys, right? You don't want to hit the quarterback. And I'm sure, you know, if he makes the decision to maybe play Patrick Mahomes a quarter or a half, everybody will understand. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it'll be 
a bad decision from a locker room perspective, I, that's what I would do personally. Because one tweak, one day to day injury, and your playoff hopes are kind of uh, who knows up in the air. So one quick point that's not involving the Chiefs, but the Niners are going through a situation right now with George Kittle. And it's obvious that he should not play this year. But Kyle Shanahan says if he's healthy to play, he's going to play. And people are like, why, why are you doing that? And he's saying you can't send a message to guys that if the guy's healthy and ready to play, they're going to sit him out versus a guy who's, you know, busting his ass, has a pulled hamstring, but he's playing through it, has a broken bone in his hand, he's playing through it, but you're forcing them to play. So I, I, get, I sure. get Casey's point where you want to, you know, be, you know, build a culture. But also, like you said, Cyrus, Patrick Mahomes is your team. You have to be smart on how you handle him, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and I mean, okay, look, no offense, Durgan. The Niners are not exactly making a Super no, Bowl no, no, push no, no, here this season, it's, it's, right? It's so, the same idea, though. It's the same. Is the first guy as important yeah. as the 53rd guy on your roster? You can, as a coach, message that, yeah. but in reality, not, I think no, everybody no, no. It knows that that's not the yeah. case. But I, I understand the perspective as a coach not wanting to send that message that certain people are going to get special treatment, but that's the reality, and that's just how the NFL operates. We kind of went on a little tangent here. I like this argument, though. Maybe we can expand <laughs> upon this. In the offseason, when we need some, some uh, topics to talk about, we can take a deep dive into this. But, uh, um, yeah, Chiefs, I mean— Literally no Super Bowl hangover at all this season. They're looking unstoppable. And uh, I don't know if any team in the AFC can keep up, to be honest. I don't know who. Maybe the Bills. Maybe the Browns. Not really looking like the Steelers at this point. I, I mean, No, it is not. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I don't. I, we all thought the Ravens might be the, the team, and I don't think they are either. So Chiefs kind of have a pretty clear road to the playoffs. That being said, last season they were behind in most of their playoff games. So anything could happen. We'll see. Um, Casey, what about you? Who you got as your winner for the week? Well, we're sticking in the AFC since we're, we're on topic here. And my winner for the week is the entire AFC because the Patriots won't be in the playoffs for the first time since 2008. And there are a bunch of new kids on the block in the AFC. You got the Colts who weren't in the playoffs last year. The Steelers without Big Ben were not in the playoffs last year. The Browns haven't been in the playoffs for years. The Dolphins haven't been in playoff in the playoffs for years. So it's going to be exciting. I'm always excited about seeing new teams in the playoffs and seeing what they do. Uh, players getting their, their feet wet um, and, and getting that playoff action is, is always exciting for me, especially when it's not in my conference and I can just sort of be <laughs> yeah. a fan and, and enjoy and watch the AFC. Um, so I'm excited to watch all those teams after so many years being like bottom dwellers. Like you think of Miami and, and the Browns who haven't had success in so, so long. And now they're there and they're exciting to watch and they've got a little bit of juice so exciting time for the afc yeah i got three quick points to go off of that patriots first off you know bill belichick i think has done a great job this year coaching making this team even somewhat competitive in the playoff because they had the most opt-outs uh you lose tom brady who was you know, the best player maybe all time uh and not just a franchise but in nfl and then you have two teams i think that seen in the playoffs to be really cool and that's the browns who haven't been in the playoffs i think in 17 years uh they're not 100 in but it looks to be that way and the dolphins i mean at this point last year the dolphins looked dead in the water they looked like they had no chance of making the playoffs this year and a year later they have totally flipped the switch and are maybe not a legit contender this year but have the building box to possibly be a contender for the next half decade to decade my opinion, and Brian Flores and a great job, my opinion, coach of the year. 
Yeah, I remember last year when the Eagles lost to the Dolphins and Cyrus went on a little bit of a rant of like, the Dolphins? We lost to the Dolphins? And now like the seeing the turnaround for them is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. To be fair, in my defense, we did also talk about, maybe not on that episode, but throughout the season, we've talked about the Dolphins being very close did, to being a, sure. a solid team. So, you know, I may have just been emotional <laughs> at the time, but we definitely talked a lot last year about the, the fact that the Dolphins are close and, you know, Brian Flores looking like a good option at head coach for them. Um, so was the Minka Fitzpatrick trade a little interesting at the time? I don't know that maybe in hindsight they do that, but... Um, you know, in general, this team is now for the future looking pretty solid. So the AFC as well, as, as we talked about, and that's a good transition into my winner, which is one of the AFC teams that I think benefited heavily from a poor Steelers performance on Monday night. I'm going to go with the Browns as my winner for the week. This team, I know I've, I've told you guys, I've picked them like the past season. I picked them this (laughs) season. I've always said like that on paper, they're, they're very good. Um, and Stefanski managed to put the pieces to the puzzle together this season, and they're doing phenomenally, and they have a chance to win this division. Everybody penciled them in as a wild card, um, as a contender for the wild card spot, basically the entire season. I mean, the, the Steelers didn't lose until three weeks ago, and they've lost three straight. I'm looking at the schedule. The Steelers could lose out, man. Yeah. They could lose five straight to end this season. I mean, they just lost to the Bengals, who are a pretty bad team without Joe Burrow, and then now they're facing Indianapolis and then Cleveland for the last game of the season, which could have big implications if Cleveland wins out. They could win this division, and uh, that would be kind of insane to think about just because we've kind of penned the Steelers as this juggernaut throughout the season, especially on defense, and they're, they've kind of fallen off a cliff here, and, and much to the Browns' benefit. So I'm, I'm on the Browns' hype train. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a, just pencil it in here. That's my AFC team. We'll ride with them for the playoffs and see what happens. Um, but I agree with you, Casey. You know, the AFC, it's refreshing because it, it was always sort of lopsided, I felt, towards the NFC in terms of um, talent and good teams. The AFC has a lot of good teams now. The, granted, yes. there's the Chiefs sitting at the top, I think, and then there's just kind of a tier below, but there's a lot more in that tier below than there has been historically. So um, playoffs should be exciting this year. I think across the board, we're going to have some good matchups. And um, with the seven, seventh seed as well, I think I think there will be a lot of different... Uh, different types of matchups on both the in both the NFC and the AFC. So exciting stuff. For sure. I, I might ride with the Browns too. I don't know. You know me. I got a lot of AFC teams. <laughs> you got but, every uh, team in the playoffs yeah, yeah. on your the AFC, AFC roster yeah. right now, man. <laughs> the Titans, the Bills, the Browns, the Dolphins. I like all those guys. What about the Raiders? Uh, Raiders. The, well, yeah. the Raiders, are they're dead. They're uh, six Yeah. The, I know you're a Miami fan too. You yeah, I like the Xavier Howard. I, I do like Xavier Howard. He should be the defensive player of the year. But uh, I also like their uniforms. So it's Those a cheap are, yeah. way to pick a team. Yeah. But I do like they got some sexy uniforms. And, you know, I like the way they play. I'm not totally sold on Tua yet. But uh, I, I like the Dolphins. So I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy the AFC playoffs as they are and just try to, you know, not have yeah. a total rooting interest. But if one of them yeah. does well you know then i can point back and say like oh, yeah, that's my liked. team oh yeah i always right. liked them. hey one of those that, four i always liked that one team in the afc i called it i called that <laughs> yeah along exactly. with the rest of them uh-huh yeah can't be uh, wrong. uh but you called it i mean the afc is going to be exciting yeah. this year so um Durgan, what do you think i mean yeah you guys hit the nail on the head uh, if brian flores isn't coach of the year kevin stefanski should be done a great job uh reworking that offense that always had the talent but never had the offensive line. They got two offensive linemen this year in a draft, a free agency, and Baker Mayfield looks pretty good, all things considering, in the run game, best run duo in the league with Chubb and uh, 
Was it? What am I trying to break Green his Hunt. name? Yes, him. Of course, everyone's favorite moral character in the league. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, they, they, they can make a deep run. It comes on Baker Mayfield, and if he can perform in the playoffs. Don't count out uh, Lafleur and Andy Reid in that Coach of the Year race, too. Just FYI, I, mean, eh. I appreciate that plug. Yeah, I'm just saying eh. it, it's they're definitely in the running. Um, and I've heard some Ron Rivera hype yeah, too, which I don't I really know for sure. But I can see him. It, it would be if they win the division, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But even then, uh, it's they're probably having a losing record and it'd be kind of <laughs> weird. Um, so we'll see. Let's let's talk about losers of the week though, Durgan. We'll kick it over to you for the first loser. Yes, this is a longer discussion, and for some reason, I am legitimately angry at a team I have no rooting interest for or never have, and that's the New York Jets. So they beat the Rams, as uh, you all probably know, and set themselves back a decade, a decade, 10 years because of it. Uh, they'll have the number two pick in the draft, probably. I don't see the Jaguars winning. Uh, they play the Bears, and I believe they played the Titans after that. Uh, without the Titans, some other good team. So they're not going to win. Jets probably won't win again. And they needed Trevor Lawrence. That They, they needed that superstar. New York, in general, the teams have succeeded by having a superstar face of the franchise. And now they're not going to have Lawrence. That second pick isn't as, you know, oh, Justin Fields might be second best prospect, but he has not been good this year compared to last year. So who knows what's going to happen? I mean, they could still build around Darnold, but Adam Gase has totally ruined him. Uh, so I don't think that's the best way to go. And if you're a free agent, they have a lot of cash space, the Jets. Why would you go to New York? It makes no sense. I mean, they have a lot of money, sure, but it would be on a crappy team. So no coach will want to go there. So they get some second-rate coach. Their owner is a complete dumbass, Woody Johnson. I mean, he's more worried about being the ambassador of England than he is, I think, of uh, running this organization. And they have some sexual assault stuff going around, too. Though, obviously, he's a not a good person, either. Uh, they're the new Browns. They're going to suck forever. And it's uh, you know painful to see. I feel bad for Jets fans. I, I tweeted this out. I don't know what they did to deserve this. Uh it's just it's tough and that AFC East it's good now you have the Dolphins you have the Bills those two teams will be good for a while the Patriots I mean Bill Belichick will never be a you know pushover win so they might be the worst team in that division for the near future uh it's tough I mean for a league too you want the New York Jets to be good leagues in general are better when New York teams are good the Knicks for the NBA the Yankees and the Mets and MLB and now we have the Giants who aren't very good. But when they were good, uh, it seems like the league has a little more oomph to it, a little more publicity uh, on a global perspective. And, uh, well, the Knicks, okay, the Knicks have been pretty bad. I mean, like, well, that's and, not a good and, example. And, and, <laughs> in, the, in the 90s, in the 90s, they were good. Yeah, Patrick Ewing sure, and stuff like that. But sure. like, as of late, yeah, yeah of yeah. course. And they're, they're terrible. Um, of course, yeah. shout out to our guy, Boy Wonder, who had two terrible play calls to uh, give the Jets a win on a silver platter. But I can't be surprised with... Uh, his stupidity, but uh, yeah, poor Jets. I feel bad for him. Happy, happy for Frank Gore, my guy. He says he couldn't retire going on 0 and 16 team, uh, and he had a big catch to give him the win essentially. But it's bad. It's really bad. If you're a Jets fan, it's uh, it's a tough year. Yeah, I, I mean, you sort of summed most of it up, and uh, you know. Sorry about it, Jets, but it looks like you're in for a tough ride for a little while here, and I don't, I don't even know where you start with that yeah. team. Like you have no assets to sell. The only asset you really have is Sam Darnold. You got rid of Jamal Adams. Um, 
like I don't really know where where you go. There's so many holes. How are you going to attract a good head coach? Yeah. You sort of need a stopgap coach, sort of like a Jeff Fisher to just sort of you know get a, a, get a somewhat yeah. winning culture, a baseline, iron out some of those issues, uh, start rebuilding, use some of those draft picks because I don't think this is going to be a very quick rebuild. I didn't think no. that for the Dolphins either, but I feel like this is a little bit more of a dire situation there. Yeah. So I don't really know what the, the next step is, but uh, it's going to take a little while. So buckle up if you're a Jets fan. And one quick point I want to make yeah. before you go ahead, Cyrus. No man gets a flying fuck about the Jacksonville Jaguars. No offense, Jaguars fans. Your team is in a small market and almost completely irrelevant. Hate to say it. So Trevor Lawrence going there hopefully elevates them, but maybe he doesn't, and maybe Denver reaches his star power. How do I point that out? I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I said this, I think, a few weeks ago in our group text. I could picture Trevor Lawrence in a Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. jersey. Yep. Um, and I think it's fate. I think it's just, just what's going to happen. And I can see that franchise turning it around a little bit more easily than the Jets can. So maybe yep. it's good for, for uh, Trevor Lawrence in the end, to be honest, as a quarterback. But I don't know, man. The Jets, there are no answers. There are just problems. So I, solutions are very scarce and this organization is in trouble that's all i got to say yeah <laughs> i know it's not very insightful <laughs> to, but there's nothing really least, to say yeah. it's you know everybody yeah. sees it it's just it's a rough situation and they're not helping themselves you know you should have probably let gase go a long time ago you probably should have just gone with some sort of interim head coach for the time being i too many too many things have gone wrong for enough to go right to make up for it if that makes sense so We'll see. It'll be an interesting offseason. I don't know. I don't know what they do, um, but it won't be enough for the next season. Casey, let's move on to your loser. Who do you got? Yes, I take some small amount of glee in this. I'm picking the Vikings because they all but eliminated themselves uh, after climbing back into the playoff race. They, They lost to the Buccaneers two weeks ago, and then they lost to the Bears this week. And don't sleep completely on on the Bears. The Bears have scored over 30 points now three weeks in a row. And they play the Jaguars next. And then they may play the Packers in Week 17, who may or may not have anything to play for. So the Bears aren't done and buried yet. Um, They're they're right behind the, the Arizona Cardinals for a playoff spot. But... The Vikings had a lot of good things going for portions in the se- of the season. Uh, Justin Jefferson looks really good. Kirk Cousins played good for, for spells. Um, that's sort of been his thing. He gets on a hot streak and plays really well, and then he sort of goes back to – he regresses to the mean, you might say. Um, so Man of culture. You know, I, I, the defense needs a little bit of uh, help. Nobody even really played very poorly on the offense against the, the, the Bears. They just couldn't stop the Bears' offense, which I don't think that sentence has been said this year before. So they need some help on defense. The secondary is super young. Uh, they had a couple injuries and uh, traded for Yannick Ngakwe and then traded him away uh, a couple weeks later. So they need some help. They need a pass rush. They, they need some secondary help. But, um, you know, they sort of had an opportunity to climb back in, and, and they didn't. So they're my loser this week. Yeah, I, I agree. A little bit of roller coaster season started off really bad, showed some uh, hope, got some highs, then came crashing down real quick. Uh, the point you made about the Bears, somebody's gonna overpay for Trubisky this offseason as he's a free agent, and I can't wait for it to happen. As long as it's not the Niners, uh, I can't wait for that to happen. 
Uh, it's going to be glorious. I can see him coming back one more year with the Bears. But the Vikings, it, Zimmer, I think, is a great coach. I think they are – they're a team that, no matter what, not going to tank as long as he's there. But Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. he's never going to lead you to Super Bowl. And you have a lot of money invested into him. But you have a lot of – so when, when that happens, I think you have to build your roster. You have to build the defensive line, secondary, make that defense locked down. Had some injuries to the linebackers, which hurt their defense. So uh, they're uh, they're prepared for the draft now, I guess, in the offseason. Yep. Here's here's the good news. You got your number one receiver. Justin Jefferson is looking like a legit option. And uh, I think he's got like 1,100 yards. To, I think if the season ended today, he'd have the sixth most, most receiving yards of any rookie ever. So looking good, right? Here's the bad news. You're not making the playoffs when you had a shot. So unfortunate but i don't know what what you do to fix this i think at some point you know it's got to fall on Kirk cousins um the defense is solid the offense you got some weapons the o-line is solid uh i mean it's not great but it's serviceable serviceable i'll say um dalvin cook is one of the best running backs in the league this season i don't know i, I don't know if you guys saw this but on twitter there was a video of Kirk cousins in the red zone and then he kind of yeah, scrambles out of the pocket a little bit and throws the ball late and then you can audibly hear this is the benefit of having no fans in the stands you can like hear the players say things and you can audibly hear justin jefferson saying, fuck kirk throw the damn ball yeah and it was the best thing i've ever yeah, heard it so, was great yeah. he tried denying it, it was too, and it was so clear that's what he said it's like dude we got you on camera man. yeah like, there's, there's no yeah you're done you, you cannot deny you can literally hear yeah. verbatim it's people were trying to say no he's saying ref he's saying something else and i'm like no nah, dude like there's i listened to it three yeah. times no chance that is not possible uh but hey look i said justin jefferson in, you know in the draft i said he was a little overrated because he had joe burrow throwing to him he's he's kind of proved me wrong he's he's, he's nice. looking like the best receiver of this class this year at least on on the on stats obviously receivers take a little while to develop traditionally um not looking like necessarily the case for justin jefferson but a lot of other receivers we could see emerge in the coming years so but at the moment looking like a real good find for the vikings um replacing stefan diggs who's also having a phenomenal year but you know there's optimism if you're a vikings fan you weren't going to win this division this year anyways but you know maybe maybe for the best that they don't make the playoffs and and kind of retool going into next year yeah i mean they're they're also a little bit in purgatory so to speak as far as the quarterback position because Kirk Cousins is way too good to ever get you a record where you're close enough to the top of the draft to select a a top prospect Mm -hmm. so you're going to be selecting in the middle of the draft as long as he's there and you know you're going to have to have one bad season and hope that a prospect is there to to snatch up at the top of the draft but um, that's sort of the the issue with a lot of teams that are sort of middling they're never bad enough to totally reset and get that franchise guy so It'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. Yep, yep. Speaking of quarterbacks and uh, some that are not very good, I'll go to my loser. And it's also a winner in some sorts. But Carson Wentz, unfortunately, is my loser. And it is in part due to the phenomenal performance we saw from Jalen Hurts. Um, Even though it was a loss against the Cardinals, you know, he came out and he balled out and he did some things that we have haven't seen from Carson Wentz in a long time and we haven't also ever seen from Carson Wentz um you know he came out he put up 401 yards of total offense four total touchdowns three through the air one on the ground um last time Carson Wentz accounted for four touchdowns in a game you got to go back to his 2017 season so it's been a few years 
and we haven't really seen that from him. And this was Jalen Hurts' second ever NFL game. So that's both promising and concerning because I don't know if Wentz you know, should be packing his bags or, or booking some plane tickets or what his plans are, but it's not looking great in Philadelphia for Wentz. And you know how emotional Philly fans are. They're going to attach to, to Mil, or, uh, Hertz as soon as he does something good. Everybody's kind of on that bandwagon. So, you know, another question. What do you guys think? When was the last time that Carson Wentz accounted for 400 yards of offense? Can either of you know? Tell me. Never. Uh, maybe against the Packers last year. He was balling. Durgan is correct. He has yes. never in his career accounted for 400 yards of total offense. And Jalen Hurts, Jalen, it was a trick question. You, you got it. You could just tell by the way that I said it. Jalen Hurts did that in his second ever game. He's doing things that Carson Wentz has never done. Now, is Jalen Hurts perfect? No. He came out, I mean, he had 54% on his completion percentage. Not great. But you have to be just not watching in order to deny that this team looks incredibly more dynamic it looks like the wake-up call they needed, they're actually sustaining drives. Everything has sort of changed, and it's very visible. You can you can easily tell, even if you don't know the ins and outs of what's happening on the field, you can tell that there's new life on this team uh, with Jalen Hurts out there leading it. So he's showing me everything I would want to see from a quarterback in his second-ever NFL game. Uh, it's, it's inspiring, it is exciting, and it is also thoroughly confusing as a Philadelphia Eagles fan as far as what the future holds. But um, it doesn't look bright for Wentz in a Philadelphia Eagles jersey. If Hertz can continue playing like this, you know, it's a small sample size. I don't want to overreact, but, um, you know, I got to pick my guy Carson Wentz as a loser for this past week. Yeah, and he said he has no interest in being a backup either, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then yeah. stuff came out that that was not true, and it's a rumor, and he's a team guy, and he likes Philadelphia a lot. So it's, it, you know, none of that, you can never really tell if it's legit or not. But I I know him, he's a competitor, just based on you know, following him for the past few years. There's no way he wants to be a backup. Nobody does. But sure. um, I don't know that he necessarily went out and said that. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Durgan. <laughs> Okay, Casey, you have more points? Anything else to say about Carson Wentz before I go in on him? No, Cyrus Cyrus sort of rounded that up. I mean, right. if, you want, if you don't want to be a backup either way, whether you said it or not, you got to play better. And he had an opportunity exactly. and didn't. So I, that's really I saw this on Twitter on Sunday and thought it was perfect. Carson Wentz is the most humbled diva, maybe NFL history. He comes off as, you know, a good old boy from, you know, the you know, backwoods of North Dakota, wherever he's from. But he kind of ran Nick Foles out of Philadelphia. He didn't run out, but eh, he kind of ran him out. You know, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. And now there's rumor about him not going to be a backup, which is completely fair. But you can't say that when your backup is performing a million times better than you did. Um, so Carson Wentz, I, 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 over this year, I said he would, was to be a top five quarterback in five years. I still believe he can get to that level. But I, I don't think it's going to be with the Eagles. I'm going to call my shot and say that he'll be traded to the Colts this offseason, uh, especially if Jalen Hurts performs well these next two weeks. And Jalen Hurts, I before the draft, I was never a fan of him. We argued after the draft about him. But he kind of fits Philadelphia. We said in the past that quarterbacks need to fit their team or their city's identity uh, in order to kind of get the support of the fans. Jalen Hurts is the underdog, but he's a winner. Everywhere he's been, he is one. Where the Alabama or Oklahoma, he is a winner. And the city of Philadelphia, they, they don't like losing. 
So if they see a guy who's, you know, yeah, he was never not the most hyped up prospect, but he works hard. He's going to you know, run over guys. He's going to do what he can to win games. They will have a longer leash than they will with him compared to Carson Wentz, in my opinion. It, yeah, I mean, it's partially true, but we also, I mean, we forget that had Joe Burrow not had his historic season in college football, Hurts uh, probably would have won the Heisman. So he, I mean, he's a good player. So I'm excited, but I, you know, as I mentioned, I'm also very concerned and confused. Anyways, <laughs> we can we can wrap it up there in terms of winners and losers. Let's dive into our games of the week and preview some of what we consider the best matchups. Um, this first one, I don't even know if it isn't a, a good matchup anymore. I'm, I'm kind of out on one of these teams, but I think Durgan, you're not. So let's talk about it. We got the Colts at the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off saying it. I think the Steelers win, and it makes no sense why I'm picking the win. I'm not out on them all the way because you don't go 11-0 and all of a sudden flip the switch and look absolutely terrible. So I still think that team that went 11-0 is in there somewhere. Uh, they went through a little bit of a, of a rut right now, and I don't think they are actual Super Bowl contenders, and I thought they were a month and a half ago or so. But in terms of this game alone, uh, it's going to be very cold weather, uh, and I don't think Phillip Rivers has the arm strength. Not saying that Big Ben does anymore, but Phillip Rivers in particular does have the arm strength to push the ball down the field against a very good Steelers defense. Uh, he's played most of his career in SoCal, and he has no arm strength to begin with. Well, Big Ben might not have the arm like he once had, but he's used to playing in these crappy weather games, and he's used to playing at home uh, in big games as well. And the Steelers have more options on offense. Uh, skill guys, they need to find ways just to get in the ball, whether it's you know, Claypool on, handoffs, or reverses, or any way. I think now they're at the point where they know they must win. And the Colts must win too, but the Steelers really must win because if they go 11-5 and end the season on a five-game losing streak, they might as well just not show up for the playoffs. So uh, give me Steelers 24-21. Yeah, well, on the flip side, it pained me. I did not like the Colts, mainly because of Phillip Rivers. But everything that I've seen from the Steelers these last three weeks has made me feel like there's no way that uh, they're going to be able to score against this Indianapolis defense consistently. Uh, I don't think the Colts defense is as good as we previously thought earlier in the year. But uh, the Bengals' defense isn't all that either. And Ben was throwing interceptions left, right, and center and taking sacks. And receivers were struggling to get open. And there were all sorts of issues on the offensive side of the ball. And eventually that's going to wear down your defense. So uh, I don't have a ton of faith in the Steelers. They haven't shown me anything. It's sort of, what have you done for me lately? And they haven't done shit lately. So I'm going to ride with the Colts who have been playing solid and even football. They don't have these wild fluctuations. You sort of know what you're going to get from the Colts every week for, for better or for worse. They're not going to wow you and, and blow your pants off, but they're going to get the job done and uh, they've found ways to win. So I, they need this game sort of just as much as the, the Steelers do in some ways because they're fighting for that division with the, the Titans. They're tied right now. Uh, and if the Titans lose to the Packers, they're going to be in the driver's seat for the division and have a game up on the Titans. So they, they need this game too, and I expect the Colts to come out and win 20-17. to 17. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you, Casey. I think this will be a slog fest. It'll be fun to watch two all-time great quarterbacks who are now currently looking like they're washed um, battle it out in a game that actually has some interesting implications. But I could see the Colts coming out and, and having a better record than the Steelers at the end of the season, which is interesting. And I wouldn't have said this, you know, three or four weeks ago. But 
um, the Colts could win out. I mean, I feel like they'll beat the Steelers here. I'm going to say 23 to 20. And then I think they'll probably beat Jacksonville in, in the last week. And not only could they win their division, they could they could uh, make a little push here. I mean, they're not flashy necessarily. Jonathan Taylor is looking good recently, but they're consistent, like you mentioned. Um, you kind of know what you're getting from, from who you got. It would be nice if T.Y. Hilton uh, had a more impactful presence this season. Um, I know he had a few games that were solid recently, but you kind of need more from him. Um, but in general, I mean, this team, I think, is is playing a little bit better and, uh, like Casey said, more consistent than the Steelers, who have fallen off a proverbial cliff as of late. So I'm going to go Colts 23-20, to as I mentioned. Let's dive into the next game. we got the Dolphins at the Raiders. Durgan. Yes, it is time to officially bury the Raiders' season. Their defense is a disaster, and the Finns are banged up on offense, but I think anybody can push the ball against this Raiders' defense right now. Uh, Miami defense is incredibly underrated. It might be the most underrated in the league, in my opinion. And I'm a Marcus Mariota fan. We talked about it in our group chat. I'm a Marcus Mariota fan club president at this point. It uh, looks like he's going to start. <laughs> Even Derek Carr said he's preparing to start. I don't see any way. I mean, that groin injury looked pretty uh, pretty severe. So who knows who's going to start either way. Um, I'm most worried about the Raiders rushing game and Josh Jacobs, who uh, inexplicably was a pro bowler this year. Uh, he's only averaging 3.7 yards per carry. I know he's been injured. Uh, that's not good enough for a first-round running back. He has a lot of touches, and I think they want to also they're not too worried about you know getting a six seven eight yard gain every play they want to just control the clock but still um kind of surprised to see uh josh jacobs who looked at the rookie to be a stud and earlier this year they stud he hit a wall a little bit and now he's uh struggling a little bit so we'll see what happens but i don't see a way that the raiders win this game uh so give me 31 27 dolphins yeah, I think you touched on it a little bit. The Raiders are just not playing complimentary football right now, and it's because of their defense. They're they're giving up easy scores. There's their secondary is just hemorrhaging yards and points, and that puts the offense in a hole. And that's not the offense that John Gruden wants to run. That's not the offense that Derek Carr is particularly great at that's not the offense that josh jacobs is going to thrive in and that all sort of compiles into one big pile of poop of the raiders (laughs) the last four or five weeks against the jets the falcons uh laid an egg against the the chargers even though they had a a few chances to win that game and decided not to um so i I mean when you're when you're behind and you're you're having to play catch up josh jacobs isn't going to get his touches um He's going to look a little bit more one-dimensional, and uh, you know Mariota played very well coming in for for Derek Carr. It, it will be interesting to see how he does now with a, a full week. Uh, if he does end up starting at quarterback, um, I'm not as high as President Durgan <laughs> for the fan club for for Mariota, who's also the president of the Sam Darnold fan club. Yep. Yep. Um, so he's Durgan's a multi-talented guy. Like he's he's running a lot of organizations here. Yeah, it's tough, man. Um, An anti Lamar anti Lamar Jackson fan club too. That's my most uh, active organization I have yeah. going. <laughs> yeah, it has the most members perhaps. Um, but it, on the flip side, the Dolphins, if they want to be a playoff team, they have to win this. The, the Ravens are right behind them, and if they want to be able to hold off the Ravens and solidify a, a playoff spot, they're going to have to win this game. Um, so the, the, the Dolphins control their own destiny, and they've, they've been playing pretty solidly recently. Like like Durgan said, one of the best defenses, or most underrated defenses. So I think the Dolphins win this pretty handedly 38-24. to 24. 
Yep, they've got the trifecta here, this, the clean sweep. I'm going Dolphins as well. I don't think there's a more inconsistent team in the NFL this season than the Raiders. They come out, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Saints, then they lose to crap teams, and it's just, they're all over the map. You can't really peg them for what they are, and, um, you know, it, it's it's a relatively disappointing season, all things considered. Um, uh, it's also been a roller coaster, but I gotta go with the Dolphins. They're, they're actually playing really well as of late, and their defense, I think, is the, gonna be the key difference. If the Raiders want to have a shot, it's gonna be Darren Waller, I think. Um, I, won't, I don't think you'll see much from their receivers in this game, but I gotta go Dolphins. I'm gonna say Dolphins 30, Ra- uh, Raiders 24, and uh, Marcus Mariota, I like what I see as well, but I am not going to be the president of any fan clubs of any sort Durgan you need to rethink your presidencies um let's move on to our next game though we got the Rams at the Seahawks this could be a good this should be a good one yeah it's a it's a true 50-50 game in my opinion uh, I'm gonna go with Seahawks 2017 Rams have a great defense ultimately it comes down to the fact that I trust Russell Wilson more than I trust Jared Goff also the fact that the Seahawks defense is given only 16 points per game in their last six uh, so they're showing some signs of life after a terrible start. And I'm not going to say that they're a good defense by any means. But at home against a defense or against an offense that is kind of one-dimensional, in my opinion, the Rams, where it's a short passing game, Cam Akers is out for them, so their running game might not be as effective either. Uh, you got to go to the Seahawks. Uh, if, the, if, if the Rams are at home, I'd pick them. But Seattle, even the, no crowd noise, be crappy weather. Uh, so give me uh, the bad guys up north. Yeah, I'm going to uh, put my blinders on and say that the Rams' loss was sort of overlooking the Jets and looking towards this game. Because ultimately, as embarrassing as that Jets' loss was, it doesn't hurt them a whole lot because it's an out-of-conference loss. And that uh, tiebreaker after your division is what your record is within your conference. So losing to the Jets ultimately doesn't hurt the Rams all that much. But it is embarrassing, and hopefully McVay sort of learns a lesson from that, that you can't overlook any team because uh, you can get outcoached pretty easily, uh, especially when you don't show up ready to play. So I think the Rams are more talented overall than the the Seahawks and have shown throughout the year when they play uh, cohesive football and they're, they're all playing well, uh, they might be the best team in the NFC. Uh, the problem is they've done that maybe three or four times this year and the other times they've been a little bit up and down. Um, but I think the Rams are going to be a little bit angry and, and come out with something to prove and beat the Seahawks by one point, um, 24 to 23. In a barn burner? In a barn burner. You predicting a barn burner? Uh, that'll be, that would be exciting. I, like, I would like that. Uh, I do think what you, what you said is partially true. I don't think the Rams are going to come out flat. I think they're going to be kind of on uh, sort of hyped up, right, to prove that they're not the team that you saw lose to the Jets. But I'm also with Durgan on the fact that I think Russell Wilson is going to be able to win them this game versus what Jared Goff might do against even an average Seattle defense, um, if not not great. But I, I got to go with the Seahawks as well in this one. I'm going to say Seahawks 27, Rams 23. Maybe less of a barn burner, but I, I, it'll be a fun game regardless. I think it'll be close. Let's go to our next game. I'm excited to see what Casey has here. It's his <laughs> AFC team against his <laughs> NFC team. We got the Titans at the Packers. Durgan, we'll start with you, though, and then uh, we'll yep. save Casey here. for. So with the uh, Vikings officially being eliminated from the playoffs this week, the Packers are now 1-3 against teams that actually have a chance to make the playoffs and also are playing arguably the best running back 
in the game right this second. Uh, so I think this is their biggest game of the year. If, if they win, uh, they build a lot of confidence and that to prove that they can actually beat a team that has a dynamic run offense. Uh, if they lose, they'll probably still have home field advantage in that sense. So that part of the equation isn't as big in my opinion. Uh, but I'm going to go to the Titans because Derrick Henry is an absolute beast. Uh, December is a month historically where he has the best yards per carry. And also the runs, the Packers run defense is absolutely hor- horrible. You've done video breakdowns on a KC. Uh, that, that's kind of like their mindset. Okay, we want to, you know, make teams beat us on the ground. Okay, the Titans will do that all day on you. Uh, that, that, that's what they want. So it'll be interesting to see if their defense adjusts a little bit. Uh, Rodgers, who should be the MVP. We'll be able, only able to do so much because the Titans are absolutely dominate time of possession. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's going to be a very important game for the Packers, just mentally and proving to themselves that, yes. like, hey, we can stop the run. And uh, the problem is, the Titans are very talented on on offense. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is playing very well. They have Johnu Smith who's playing very well. Uh, AJ Brown is also playing very very well. Corey Davis. So. Corey Davis, Corey Davis as well. Yeah. yeah. So if you put eight in the box to stop Derrick Henry, which the Packers might have to do, who's going to cover Jonu Smith? Um, Jair might be able to win his matchup against AJ Brown, but you got Corey Davis and, and Tannehill's playing pretty well and throwing the ball pretty well. So uh, it's going to be a tough matchup on defense. But the Packers' defense, on the other hand, has played well the last three or so weeks. They've, they've limited teams to about 16 points in, in non-garbage time um, play. Um, so they're, they're playing better, but that is still their Achilles heel. And the, the run fits and the, the issues there are still present. They just haven't popped up as much or haven't been as noticeable in the last couple of weeks. So this is going to be a big week for Mike Pettin. I think if he finds a way to shut down Derrick Henry and, and uh, contain that offense, he's going to buy himself another year. And if he doesn't and the Packers get run all over again, like Raheem Mostert or yep. Dalvin Cook did earlier in the year, he may be looking for another job next year. So uh, big game for the defense. Ultimately, though, that Titans defense is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the Packers can, you know, th- these teams are built very, very similarly. Strong, strong offenses, good run games, uh, and lackluster defenses. So I, I trust, as you trust Russell Wilson, I trust Aaron Rodgers more in this scenario. And I have the Packers winning 34-30 to 30 and being able to jump out a little bit on the Titans and make things a little bit more one-dimensional. So I'm going to disagree with the lackluster defenses point. And just because I think specifically on the Packers side, don't get too excited, Casey, but the Packers are good on defense. I think where it matters most in today's NFL, good pass rush, good corners, Mm -hmm. good, good secondary in general. Um, And I think this will be the perfect bend. Don't break game for Mike Pettin. Derrick Henry is going to feast. There's no doubt. He's been doing it against every team he's played recently. It's just going to happen. But this team is not positioned to come from behind. So the key here, I think, is the Packers' offense is going to be the best defense against the Titans. If they can get out to a two-score lead, it's going to put a lot of pressure on this Titans team to play how they don't want to play. And through the air against Jair Alexander, Kevin King, this secondary, I don't know that they're going to have the same success that you've seen Tannehill have sometimes. Not every game, right? He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be able to do the same things. Granted, Aaron Rodgers didn't really do do us many favors in this argument last week but (laughs) that being said i think this packers team is in a better overall position both on defense and offense because they can throw the ball they can run the ball 
they can rush the rush the passer. They have some good corners. They can do things from a more holistic perspective. Whereas they have one weakness, and we all know it's the run defense. Um, so, I think Derrick Henry's going to feast. But I think overall, I got to take the Packers. I'm going to say Packers thirty, Titans twenty four. Fun game. I think this will be a really really good game. This might be the best game of the week. I agree. Low key Sunday night football. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Um, Let's go to the worst game of the week, though. This might as well be the fucking toilet bowl. I know we don't really have a toilet bowl anymore. We're not really doing it, but the Eagles at the Cowboys, man. I don't even know why we need to talk it's about this. Game. You want to just run through this real it's quick? It's a playoff game. It's, Think about it. It's a playoff game. I know, yeah. but that's depressing that that's the case. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Durgan, I'll, what do you I'll, think I'll lock this out. Uh, one of these teams will finally be put out of their misery, and I'm sure the fan base is actually be happy for it. But I promised myself I would never pick the Cowboys again this year. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts, like I said earlier, proven winner. Uh, he might not – I don't know if he can sustain these numbers in his career, but I think he's going to come up with a big play and uh, use his legs to extend plays and look down the field against the uh, poorest Cowboys secondary. But Cowboys second or defensive line, I think, is the key to this game. If they can get pressure on that offensive line, which is not very good, and Jalen Hurts and not let him run around, they'll win this game. But can't pick them, so give me the Eagles, 35-31. Uh, real quick, Casey, before you go, literally yeah. anyone could get pressure against this offensive line. Just throwing that <laughs> out there. We could probably get pressure against this offensive line. Uh, anyway, go ahead, Casey. <laughs> I was just going to say, the, the Cowboys have turned a little bit of uh, a corner here uh, as I think about my pass rush moves I would I would use on the Eagles' offensive line. Swim you know, move, I got to go or a bull rush? What do you, I think, swim move or a bull rush? And I think I got to use my speed because I think if they get their uh, hands yeah, on me, I'm, I'm going to be dead. They're just going to mm, bury okay, me. Okay, you know? okay. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, but... Hertz has been moving the ball very well for the the Eagles. Like you said, you're you're seeing the Eagles all of a sudden sustain drives, which we just hadn't seen for most of the year prior to his arrival in the starting position. Um, I just don't think the Cowboys defense has enough pieces to interrupt that flow. Um, They haven't played good run defense in about a year. And uh, Miles Sanders is I'm still very high on him, and I think he's a very good running back. Jalen Hurts adds what he does on the on the ground as well. So I, I would suspect that the Eagles are going to be relatively conservative through the air and be able to gash the the Cowboys' defense uh, on the ground. And because of that, I think they should control the ball and, and ultimately win uh, 30 to 20 over the Cowboys. Yeah, you already know I got the Eagles in this one. I got to pick my team, but. I do think it will be a tough matchup specifically because the secondary is banged up. I mean, you saw the game uh, last week in the broadcast. We have a dude who literally was like working in an auto repair shop two weeks ago, (laughs) starting at safety. So I don't know. You know, I don't know what could happen. There's a lot of good receivers. Andy Dalton's still solid. Um, So it'll be a fun matchup, but I really, uh, it's just garbage all around like the (laughs) NFC East as a whole. But anyways, I got to pick the Eagles. I'm going to say Eagles 27 to 20. It's just still exciting to see what Hurts can do. So if he keeps this pace up, um, it'll be be fun to watch regardless of the outcome uh, as it was with Arizona. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens here. Let's wrap things up there, though, on episode 70. Um, Before we sign off, I want to give Casey and Durgan a chance to plug some of their content coming up. Casey, you want to let the listeners know what to look out for? Yeah, I did a breakdown, or I am currently working on a breakdown, of A.J. Brown for the Titans. Very good, polished route runner. Uh, people think of him as being very physical, but he's pretty nuanced in the way he runs routes and attacks the ball and stuff. So keep an eye out for that on the YouTube channel. Nice, nice. What about you, Durgan? Yes, scouting report on Michigan defensive end K. Witty Pay, who might be the 
pound-for-pound pound best athlete in college football. Also, Casey did a great job doing a sports betting breakdown, uh, the basics. That's also on our website, so I'll give that a look if you're interested in learning more about that. Yeah, check out our website in general. It's completely revamped. Yeah, Lots of exciting stuff happening on that front. Weeklyspiral.com. You can uh, find all the latest and greatest in content there. Um, but this has been a Weekly Spiral production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you for tuning in to episode 70. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. And we will catch you next week for episode 71.